This is the technical area. Welcome to episode four with me, your host, Gaffer Graymo, once again. Thank you, everyone, again for all the positive feedback. Totally different episode last week, I understand. Excited to take on this Real Betis journey in the beta. And of course, big news as well. Kind of teased earlier on this week that at 12 noon today, that's Friday, October 4th, over on the Technical Area YouTube channel, I will be unveiling my 20 FM20 uh, save. My main save where everything is going to be taking place, which is an exciting uh, new beginning for me and something that uh, occurred in the strangest of ways. Really, really simply put, it actually came from, as you know, I am a teacher and it came from actually helping a child in school on a, a research project on uh, and links, connections, everything were formed and all of a sudden the, the saved team I had in mind, everything just clicked into place. Uh, so more on that tomorrow. So the Technical Area YouTube channel, link below 12 noon today, Friday the 4th of October. And if you're not listening to it Friday the 4th of October, the link is still there below to the YouTube channel. You can go and check things out there. Going back then as well to episode 3, I really hope you enjoyed it. I know it was different and I really did push the boat out. Looking back, listening back, checking the notes, just looking over everything. I feel like lessons have been learned. And if I was to redo episode 3, I'd do it again and I'd do it better. But I think that's the best way to be looking at yourself as a content creator, no matter what game it is you're playing, no matter what medium it is that you are content creating. There's always ways we can improve. There's always ways to look back and see just exactly how we can push ourselves forward. In terms of the uh, FM20 features, SI Miles are continuing to tease little bits here and there. We had a nice little poetry day today. Still no news of exact definite like release dates, and we know they're keeping one or two features for sleeve. If you're voting on Miles' polls, please stop voting for B teams and reserve teams. It's really kind of starting to... Uh, to wear me down, I need to see some other interesting features that come along, and I don't think I'm the only one out in the community with those sentiments. In terms of this podcast on episode four, I only have 27 minutes left on my hosting plan for this month, so which expires now in the next couple of days. So this will be a podcast in the sub-27 minute challenge for me. Three are gone already. I have 24-ish to go. So it's time to kind of pull up the socks, tie the boots, and let's get out there and try and get this done in regulation time. In terms of the PSV save, as things are finishing up, I'm really, really starting to enjoy it because, to be honest, it's starting to become less about the trophy and more about the way I play the game. So I'm kind of, in a quick kind of five-sentence summary, um, Herving Lozano has been a big disappointment for me in the game, as well as Luke De Jong. I've really, really struggled to get them going. I've struggled to keep Lozano fit, and it's certainly been a challenge for the whole team to try and be um, prolific in the final third. That's a big challenge. In terms of how I'm doing things differently, I've started to look at the statistics side of the game a little bit more. Dictate the game, and FM Tahiti put out an interesting piece about how you getting FM'd can actually be averted if you do look into the statistics. So after reading that article, I have started to change my approach 
and hopefully going into FM20, I'll have it somewhat refined and can refine it once again with the new game once the real beta beta save begins. I'm currently now about to take charge of my first Champions League game. It's going to take place at the Phillips Stadium. That's our home stadium. And we're up against Manchester United. So it's an interesting group. And I'm optimistic it'll be between ourselves. I think a locomotive Moscow for second place. So I'm optimistic of possibly challenging and getting out of that group. In terms of the league, we're currently sitting third. I think third or fourth. A couple of points behind the Ajax thanks to two sloppy draws. So it's a case of our midfield hasn't exactly been the most creative. But it's the sense of I feel my tactics, the instructions have not just suited the players I have available in order to bring out the best in them. So changes are being made. Once again, harking back to the statistical approach, because I think this is eye-opening for me, showing me just exactly where I need to make my changes. How are things going? Well, to be honest with you, with these changes, we just played ADO and Hag, and looking at the statistics at halftime, we were 1-0 up at the time. Changes need to be made. We'd had one shot in the whole half. It was one shot on target, and we were up 1-0 at halftime. ADO and Hag. They'd had, I think, four shots with one on target as well. So it wasn't exactly in the most exciting game. So kind of looking at the supply to the strikers, the strikers hadn't had a shot at the time and actually finished the game without a shot, which was disappointing. We've tried to play a bit more direct and we certainly started to create more chances. So work on the training ground and work on the tactics board are certainly places for me to continue once I load FM back up after I record this podcast. Now, skipping the Q&A section, if you did, for those people who sent in questions, thank you. If you have any questions for the podcast, please send them in. And uh, We're going to segue across, move across, not very seamlessly, I will admit, but for a further journey around Europe, because this week we're going to do kind of a league in focus approach and we're going to put more focus on the continents and a quick whirlwind trip looking at teams and leagues that you should consider if you are looking for an FM save for fm20 or if you're looking for a beta experience those people who did send in i think charlie tango you sent in three leagues for me to look at i'm keeping up america and australia for next week so be kind of looking a little bit more further afield because of the the uh, the interesting nature of those leagues shall we say the the differing uh, management financial structures and registration rules i think that deserves a separate podcast where in a european sense it's quite I think we can all admit it. it's there's not just kind of smaller nuances of course between every league but there is that traditional european structure that does make things just a little bit easier to navigate across in terms of the leagues we're going to go through i will be suggesting the leagues kind of giving a reason why and naming some teams that we think you should consider for some of the saves and we are going to start off right now jump straight in I'm going to start at home for me, and that is Ireland. I think FM Old Dog has done a fantastic job this year of kind of showing off the, the challenge that playing in uh, the League of Ireland can certainly pose for managers. Financially restricted with low rankings. The league is very, very competitive once you kind of look past those uh, the fully professional clubs and the likes of Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers. But given the nature of the game, of course they can be toppled. With shrewd investment, because the league is very competitive, teams do take points off each other. And it's starting to see now teams pushing further and further to get into Europe. Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers in recent years have reached the group stages of the Europa League. And then not too long ago, FM All Dogs 
current saver with Shelburne, my club, 2004. We were one round away from the Champions League, knocked out in the final round by Deportivo. And then we went into the UEFA Cup that year, only to be knocked out by Lille. So, and then of course, if you do follow FM All Dog Save, you can see how, in fact, you can make the pathway into the Champions League. But it does take a little bit of time. So like that, clubs like Shelbourne are a great one because next season we will be promoted. We'll be starting in the first division. So you don't have to go through the, the, the promotion struggle initially. But you would be a weaker team there. So if you are looking to start with a storage team that are a little bit weaker, uh, Shells would be a great place there. Dundalk, the current league champions, and are kind of steamrolling the league at the minute. The same financial backers as what you'd see at Mitchelland and Brentford. Using that money ball approach, they certainly have kind of created a real top, top standard in the league of Ireland. All teams are now striving to match. Shamrock Rovers have nearly gone toe-to-toe at them some stages this year. And they play in the best stadium in the country. Which also happens to be a stone's throw from my house, and that's not true bias. Bohemian Centre be the hipster club, a great, uh, great story to that club, a real welcoming and supportive club. This season, you might have seen they made headlines at the start of the year for attempting to have an away jersey with the Rastafarian colours and Bob Marley down the bottom. The jersey was pulled after, a, I think, it was a legal notice from Bob Marley's family, but nonetheless, this. The jersey did make headlines and got Bo's worldwide attention. They're again they're one of these kind of real kind of left wing hipster clubs in the same kind of vein as St. Pauli and Rio Vallecano. So definitely if you're looking for that kind of a vibe, Bowles would certainly be a great place to start. And they do play in the former home of the Irish national team, Daily Mount Park. And then finally the most interesting then one could be Cork City. Cork were dissolved not too long ago, were saved by their fans. And are now a fan-run club after being reformed. They've been the only team in the last six years to stop Dundalk winning the league, but they've only managed it once. While Dundalk and Cork have contested the cup final for five years in a row. This year, though, Cork came into the season heavily weakened. Cork have come into it and have actually been caught up in a relegation battle after finishing second last year. So it's definitely an interesting place to start if you are looking for this fan-run club that's certainly kind of had a little bit of a, a sudden and sharp fall from grace there. Moving on then from Ireland, we can find ourselves in Germany. And the Bundesliga, of course, presents a very, very competitive league, all the way down to the, the three Liga, on the dry league, I, think, I presume it is in Germany. Um, every club, a lot of clubs are on similar footing. Of course, you do have the likes of Leipzig, Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund as the, as the standard to which you want to catch up and break. And then, of course, you have clubs on the cusp. This season, of course, we've seen a resurgence in Schalke, Bayer Leverkusen getting into the Champions League last year and looking very progressive, while other clubs have had recent kind of goals in the past and certainly wouldn't need much TLC to make the same jump. If you are, of course, then kind of looking for a bit more of a challenge starting lower, the likes of Kaiserslautern, there's and Stuttgart of currently find themselves outside the top league, big story clubs there, while Hamburg and St. Pauli sharing the same city, but totally different club cultures would certainly be interesting as well. We're winning ourselves then moving on into Spain, the high profile league of Spain with that plenty of historic clubs is certainly a great draw for many FM players. Whether you're looking to take charge of one of the two gargantuans of Bayern Munich of sorry, Barcelona and Real Madrid, or you'd look to look just a little bit outside of the, the best star Atletico. There's 
there's certainly a challenge there at a European level to, for domination with those big clubs. But of course, if we are looking for a challenge much lower, there's plenty and plenty and plenty of opportunities there. This season, Real Sociedad and Sevilla have certainly shown great promise with their high rise in the league. There's Granada, of course, with their links to Manchester City and have certainly started the season very well as well. And then, of course, like me with Real Betis for the beta, Betis do have this great story of only winning the league once. They're kind of, there's the great city rivalry with Sevilla in the south. And they have invested very shrewdly in the transfer market in recent years with the likes of William Carvalho, Nabil Fekir, and one of my former Raya Vallecano favourites, and Alex Moreno at left, coming in for the left wings, left back slots. So certainly great opportunities there. And then, of course, if you do look to go outside, it can go smaller. There's certainly plenty and plenty and plenty of opportunities on clubs that are looking to make the jump, just need an ambitious manager. Certainly we could have a good five-year plan to match your ambitions too. Staying with the, the Mediterranean vibes, we're going to scoot across now to Italy. And look, we all know what's going on in Italy now. And of course, there is this uh, boycott among many FM managers, FM profiles certainly on Twitter. They're going to boycott the league following on from what's kind of going on in real life. So that pre-FM20 Calcio love that was there it seems to be dissipating fast. And it's understandable. But of course you do have to recognise what's going on in Italy on the pitch. That there's certainly a more challenge. Uh, a more, the league is more open for challenge with the change at the top of Juventus. Or Inter Milan certainly seems to be putting great building blocks in place. And Napoli seems to be just there and thereabouts again. So three big clubs there certainly at the top for you to look at. But of course and there's challenges much lower. Like the likes of AC Milan, Darling, everybody's love of Parma. And certainly exciting clubs like Brescia, you know, Mario Balotelli and Sandro Tanali there for you just to take control of. Plenty of young talent also comes through the league. There's those uh, wily outsiders Atalanta that seem to be enjoying a great period at the moment. Sassuolo has certainly caught the eyes over recent years. Roma of a great number of young signings at the club now that would certainly be worth a look. While Sampdoria, they just seem to have that love from that... Uh, Italian football used to be shown on television at the start of the early 90s. Currently languishing last in the league. But Fabio Quagliarella was up front, the 36, 37-year-old now, is he? Striker. Um, outscored even uh, Cristiano Ronaldo last season. So he'd certainly be a, an interesting player to try and manage for yourself and bring out the best of as his career starts to not maybe wind wind down uh, the way we would expect from older players, especially at the age he's at. Again, staying with this Mediterranean vibe, though possibly with a bit of a chill as you move further north, we'll have a look at France. The current world champions have, have an underperforming domestic league that seems to be dominated by PSG. I think, I know I kind of made a stab at it last year and it never came out well, but I think FM Grasshopper has done a great job at Lorient this year in displaying the type of challenge that can come with managing in France. Before that, we've seen plenty of managers also look at take control of clubs like Stade de Rennes. We've had um, Auxerre as well. Clubs that seem to be quite popular with fans looking for a little bit more of a historic feel, whether that's recent or in the distant past. Plenty of young talent seems to be emerging at clubs, as, of course, financially, these clubs are not in the best place to compete on a continental scale. 
So whether you're looking to the likes of Lille, who do have a good financial backer, and Lyon, who are kind of going through an evolution at board level, with Jean-Michel Olas taking a kind of a starting to slowly, slowly take a back back seat with Janino and Silvino kind of running the club now. Um, you'd certainly be in an interesting place if you are looking for a director of football challenge with that expert free kick taker in his day, Janino, that man just above you in your manager's office. Let's keep moving further north and a league that I really enjoyed when I'd had my one season there on FM Touch, and that is the Swedish league, the Extra Klasse. Now, Sweden is a huge export league, so that would, of course, if you are looking for a youth development challenge, if you're looking to place a lot of emphasis on young players, Sweden certainly has um, a great history of doing so in the past. There's good technical football players to emerge in the Swedish leagues, and then we see them spread across Europe. There also is, of course, that physical nature that does come with them. Um, of, of course, the standard Swedish player of recent times would be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But you don't have to look too much further back to think of one of uh, you know, any traditional, any kind of player who played football manager since the early noughties, when it was back in the championship manager's days. Kim Chaldstrom as well, coming from Sweden. So... Maybe your challenge could be to find and bring out the next um, Kim Chalstrom or to develop a, a very, very youth-orientated uh, save, as we saw with um, Michaelinho recently over on uh, over with his blogs and his series on, on BP, Brahma Bacchiarn, at the same club I managed. Michaelinho did fantastic with them going on that long-term save and even reached the Champions League and had some success as well domestically with plenty of trophies lining the, uh, the trophy cabinets of the, I think it's Europe's biggest club in terms of the number of members there. Recently as well had a, a great kit launch where, you know, it had the, male, the, the, the men's team and women's team kind of supporting. There was a great sense of support of equality there. Of course, in other clubs you could maybe look at our Malmo as well. Mamba do have their great story past. There's AIK who have those absolutely, again, fantastic and classical kits. I think you can certainly get on uh, the likes of, I think is a kit bag may have them, or Pro Direct Soccer, something like that. They're absolutely gorgeous kits, even if you just Google them. And if you want to have a, a team that not just looks good on the pitch with the style of football you implement, but a team that does look good on the pitch in terms of their kit as well. Going to drop then just a little bit further south. And we're going to have a look at Belgium. Now, the Belgian league structure is not the traditional model we would expect to see in Europe. It is quite complicated and unfortunately I do not have the time on the podcast today to really delve into too much detail with this. But one thing I would suggest with Belgium is, of course, we have seen them rise to the top of the FIFA World Rankings at present. And that's then due to the fact that, again, there is this kind of great golden age, this great kind of era in Belgian football where there's plenty of investment in young players and nurturing them all the way up through. The the Jupiler League, the Belgian Pro League, there certainly seems to be a... That's not the Jupiler League. It is the Belgian Pro League seems to be kind of in an interesting stage as for the first time in 56 years last year, Anderlecht did not make the European places. I know Vincent Company has gone in there as player manager, but certainly that could be an interesting uh, place for you to go in if you wish to manage, or even come up against Anderlecht. It'd be interesting to see how the player manager model works there 
in game and see how Vince and company fares there. Would he t- and will he take the 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 same? Would it be possible even to see if you could take the if he takes the same kind of position in real life where on match days he doesn't seem to have as much managerial involvement as he did initially. But elsewhere in Belgium, of course, we have seen Genk perform excellently in the Champions League last night, holding Napoli and possibly ruining a few chances where they could have actually taken the game to Napoli and if, and if they'd had a little bit of extra talent, who knows what could have happened there. One then, sorry, then moving slowly into kind of our final two leagues. Next up is Austria. Now the Austrian league, of course, just like Belgium and Sweden, has a great history of producing some top top quality players. The academy at Rapid Vienna is certainly story, and if you've read the European game, I know FM Samos tweeted about it again recently on the piece he wrote on his blog. I think it's fmsamo.com. Kind of raving and reviewing about the book and. It's you know, for any FM player, I'd certainly, certainly go and recommend picking it up because the academy, the way they produce players, is certainly top notch at in Vienna. Um, David Alaba being one of their standout most recent talents. But of course, if you are looking then for the Mike According route, Red Bull Salzburg, and they've certainly proved themselves against Liverpool last night as a team that have excellent attacking talent available to them. And of course, that wonder kid in Erling Braut Haaland. How could you nurture him, how you could develop him, and possibly how you could replace him could be certainly key facets in your game, especially with RB Leipzig as your parent club, who could certainly move players and take players off you without much consideration for you and your side's almost well-being in the long term. And the final league I have then to mention is a Charlie Tango recommendation, and that is Romania. And in Romania... It's a very, very interesting league, and it's not one I've managed in, but it's one I've seen some people blog about in the recent past and previous versions of FM. So, of course, the current champions there are CFR Cluj, and we are plenty of English football fans. Uh, British football fans would be familiar with Cluj, with Cluj having many encounters with such, with our kind of locally supported teams in the British Isles in the recent past. Uh, they became the first team to directly qualify into the Champions League in 2009. And they have certainly put um, a great um, a great challenge up in recent times. Of course, in 1991, we'd Stella Bucharest become the European champions. And in recent times, a split in the Stella hierarchy has seen the club split, split into two clubs. So which one you take on could certainly be a challenge, especially if the lower league option is there. There are, of course, some of the more storied clubs that we might be familiar with from the past. Um, unfortunately, clubs like Unare or is it Cheney have actually folded a club that once were the champions. We've seen the reformation of Oletul Galati, and I think they're now in the third league, so the third tier of Romanian football. The first Moldovan club to become champions in the Romanian era. So it's certainly rebuilding that club could certainly be a challenge. As things stand right now, Cluj certainly kind of have that top place with two points clear at the league after 11 games. And then just below them, other club names you may be familiar with that certainly seem to put up a challenge, including Viterol and Astra Giorgio. Those uh, historic standard burgers of Dinamo Bucharest and Stawa are kind of languishing mid-table, ninth, 10th or so. 
So maybe there is a challenge of rebuilding one of those if you see one of them as a falling giant. Now as the clock just ticks past 24 minutes, I am going to have to park it up there in terms of our European leagues and focus. Of course, there's plenty of other clubs out there and plenty of other challenges. Unfortunately, time has run against me and I can't go into too much detail there. So, just then to start tying up, I want to say thank you very much for listening. I appreciate I was listening, I was speaking very fast. So, um, if you do have any questions about any leagues, I do have notes there. And I'm happy enough to delve into them and share the little bit of research there that I have done with you. Um, links to all my socials will be found down below as I gear up for the FM20 uh, beta, which should be launching in the next couple of weeks. But of course, as well, I'm still trying to finish off this PSV save. So if you're interested in see how the statistics-based approach is going, check out follow Gaffer Graymo there. The technical area is where everything else kind of will be happening. So that's in terms of a blog, in terms of now a YouTube element, and of course over on Twitter. And then there is the Slack channel as well. Come along, join in, and get involved. The last thing I'll leave you with is, uh, is a final tip. I recently picked up an Oxford Scribsy notebook for FM20. This has an app that you can download for your phone or other smart devices, and it can allow you to digitize your notes. Certainly could be handy if, you use, if you're like me and use a notebook when playing FM to have those notes digitized just in case that cup of tea or something stronger happens to spill on your notes. You can have a digital record of them. And of course, if you are producing content, the digital content would certainly be uh, an excellent resource for you. So hopefully now this gets available. Uh, Ex-Hurricane, Tropical Storm Lorenzo seems to be sweeping in, so hopefully the Wi-Fi won't cut out and this gets uploaded and ready for your ears. I'm going to go off now, load up Football Manager, get Angels of Dirty Faces ready, get the kettle boiling. So I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for listening. Episode 5 will drop next week but i look at more exotic leagues so any suggestions you have drop them in get in touch before we record next week thanks for listening all the best your fm enjoy the break and i'll talk to you then bye bye <laughs>